Welcome back to Women Living Courageously. I'm Melanie Red, your host, and I'm so honored that you have joined us today. You are in for a treat. I've invited one of my ministry partners and awesome friends to join us today for a conversation. Her name is Gretchen Fleming. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Gretchen's passion is to follow hard after Jesus, knowing he is the treasure of a lifetime and worth every minute she commits to him. She's an international speaker, and she's had the privilege of teaching women in an underground church in both China and in a village in Peru. She's an active national and local speaker for conferences, retreats, and women's events. She's also a writer, and she's written Bible studies for the past 25 years. She has a book you can check out on Amazon. It's called Press On, Encouragement to Keep Moving When You Feel Overwhelmed. Gretchen is a wife of 33 years, a mother of three, and a grandmother to three precious grandchildren. She lives in Jacksonville, Florida, and we are so glad to have her today. Welcome, Gretchen. Thank you so much, Melanie. I'm tickled to be here. I'm so glad you're here. We've been friends for a number of years, and I just thought it would be fun today if we could have a conversation and talk about some of the things that we talk about when we talk on the phone or or get together. And so I thought we'd begin. I just want you to tell our listeners a little bit about the heart of your ministry. Your blog is called Following Hard. So tell us a little bit about what made you decide that as a title and a little of what you do? Sure, gladly. It sort of goes back to when I was around 25, and um, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church, and um, I can remember, I was married at the time, reading a little portion of Our Daily Bread. Do you know what that is? Yeah, Yeah, most Southern Baptist ladies do. So I was reading Our Daily Bread devotional at the time, and I remember putting it down on the nightstand. And the thought popped into my mind, surely he wants more of me than that. But I really didn't know how to achieve that, how to gain that. And through the rest of that Bible study and some others, and also through the life of David, and particularly uh, Psalm 63, one of the, my favorite parts of Psalm 63 is verse 8, and it's where Uh, for whatever reason, I learned it in the King James Version. And it says, my soul follows hard after thee. That's awesome. And you know, I think you probably describe 95% of people sitting in churches. Uh, They're sitting there, they want more, but they don't know how to get it. Let's talk a little bit more about how people can follow hard after God, because I'll bet a lot of the people that are listening today love their devotions, but that's all they have. They have a quick devotion as they're running out the door in the morning, and they want more. They know there's more, like you described, but they don't understand how to get to it. So let's just go through. You have shared on your website all kinds of practical ways to not just hear about it, but actually put it into your life. So let me, let me, let me walk you through some of these and share with us just in real simple terms to that person that says, I want to follow hard. Um, what does this really look like for somebody? So just the person that's sitting in church, when they begin to decide they want more, what do you think that looks like for them? I think it comes down to recognizing who Jesus Christ is. I think for many years, I wanted him to be the savior of my life, but not necessarily the Lord of my life. And so I struggled with living life for myself as opposed to living my life for him. And I can remember, as you mentioned, sort of, you know, having a quick devotional and darting out the door, I can remember struggling 
um, up until this Experiencing God class. And I remember uh, I was in the throes of how can I get more consistent in my time with the Lord? And one of the first evenings they did the group prayer request. And I was probably the youngest one in the class by maybe 20 or 25 years. So I would have been in my you know mid to late 20s and the other people were in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. During the prayer request time, I asked for a prayer on uh, helping to gain consistency in God's word. I left that place. um, I don't know if the right word is fearful, but I can remember walking out and saying, dear God, please don't let me be praying the same prayer 20 and 30 years from now. And I just knew something had to change. And one of the, you know, not too much later, I remember, you know, uh, breezing through my quiet time and rushing because I had three kids in three and a half years. And I remember thinking to myself, trying to justify it. I just don't have time. And the Lord stopped me in my tracks and he placed this thought in my mind. And he said, Gretchen, you never leave the house without brushing your teeth or washing your face. And I thought to myself, oh, my word, my vanity ranks higher than Jesus in my life. And I just began to repent that I was basically living life for myself. So the first thing that had to change for me was recognizing the authority of Jesus as Lord of my life. And he had every right to be first in my life. So I would say the way I follow hard is, number one, I had to prioritize him first. And that was in my life and in my time. And that necessitated meeting with him and spending time with him each and every morning before life got to rolling on with all the kids and the schedules and all that. And Melanie, I am naturally in my flesh a nighttime person. So I fought this for a long time and I used to get aggravated and complain to the Lord, like by noon, Lord, you know, you're not helping me. I'm not, you know, the kind, patient, gentle mother I want to be. And he answered back with this thought, you're trying to treat me like a gas station where he knows I hate getting gas. And so, you know how you're tempted to just whip in and get $5 worth of gas because you don't want to sit there and do it. But then guess what, Melanie? You got to come back that much sooner. You never have enough to last throughout a lengthy period of time. And so he was explaining, because I wasn't wanting to give him time first thing in the morning, and then life and the kids and everybody started taking from me, I kept trying to whip in with a quick, urgent prayer. God, fill me up. And he's like, Gretchen, come to me first thing and fill your tank then. So it requires prioritizing him and having a morning time with him. Secondly, for me, it requires a gratitude journal. And that's the second thing I do. Uh, Well, it's actually the first thing I do when I sit down is I drink my cup of coffee. I start filling out a gratitude journal. And that's where I just recognize and rejoice in his work and gifts that have happened to me the previous day. Then the second thing I do is spend time in the word. And uh, that could be my regular Bible. Most times it's a uh, chronological Bible. Occasionally it'll be a devotional like streams in the desert. Then the next thing I do is spend time in prayer. 
Um, I think that helps us follow hard after God. And then uh, also just a commitment to a local body of believers, regular attendance in church, serving others, whether inside the church walls or outside the church walls. And then lastly, just to pay attention to obedience and self-examination. If I'm spending time in God's word, but I'm not applying it to my life and obeying it, that is not following hard after God. And so those are just some practical things that I incorporate, uh, you know, habitually in my life. And in my opinion, that's how I follow hard after God. That's, that's really good. And I'm hearing you say that you had to decide that it was a big deal. Um, I, I thought of while we were talking, I had an experience one time, and this is uh, kind of a funny story, but we ha- I have a big crock pot, and I like to plug it in in the morning and leave it. And so I put chicken in, and I put this dressing on top, and I plug it in, and then I go for the day. I came back about 3 o'clock that afternoon and realized the little plug jack had been turned off, like it had shorted out, and it needed to, you know, that little button you push to turn it on? That chicken was cold as ice. <laughs> and what I realized is sometimes we just are not plugged into power. And I think a lot of people live like that. A lot of Christians do. We live where we think we're plugged in. We think the chicken's going, but we didn't really check it. I should have checked it to make sure it was on. It has never happened again since then. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say somebody's listening and they say, okay, I just need like three simple ways to get started. What would you suggest they do first? Because you've walked through kind of what you do and what you've been through. But let's say they say, okay, I'm one of those. I've only been reading a little devotional. How could they add to their morning as they start their day. So what would you suggest? Just two or three things to get them started. I would say when you're trying to establish the habit, first of all, recognize the devil is going to do everything possible to discourage you. So when when this was happening in my life, in my mid to late 20s, I recognized the practicality of what needed to change. I could not burn the midnight oil and expect to get up on time. So I had to start going to bed early. So look at what needs to adjust in your life to set yourself up for success. Secondly, ask God for his help. We know that whatever we ask according to his will, it is a guarantee that we have it. During that time, I was asking for a passion for God and his word. I asked for both of those because I knew I didn't have it in and of myself to make this happen. So I adjusted my life. I asked God for a passion for him and his word. And I had these cards reminding me of that prayer in my, uh, on my bathroom mirror, in the kitchen, in my Bible, and on my dashboard of my car. So everywhere I was spending time, I was prompting myself, keep asking for God to do this for me. And then thirdly, set up a specific time and place that this is going to occur. So I decided because of my own conviction from the Lord, it needed to be before the kids woke up. And even though they were babies then, uh, you know, trying to sleep to the last possible moment wasn't going to help me as much as getting up early and spending time with the Lord. So I set up this place in my bedroom. It had my Bible. It had note cards. It had a journal, it had a devotional, it had pens, and it had a place for me to put my coffee. So I sort of made my little nest, so to speak, to where I knew where I was going. There was a specific place, and it was almost like making a date with the Lord. That was our time together. 
Those are all wonderful steps. I have a, I have like a, a little basket, and I have my Bible and my journal and my pen and some books that I, inspirational books I like to read from. I do love devotions, and so I do have some devotionals. But I have all that together, so it's in the same place every day, and I go to it, and I don't have to go find a pen. Um, I'll tell you something else I do that's helped me. My dad actually told me this. He said, "Keep a little uh, notebook next to you while you're doing your devotional, and every time you think of a distracting thought, just write it down." And you'll have a whole list of things to do for the day because it's very easy to get distracted while you're doing your devotionals. And that's another reason why I like to get up when it's still dark outside because, and I only turn on one little lamp. So I'm not looking at a fully lit home with, you know, which where I'm so easily distracted because I look at something like, oh, I need to get to that. By coming to the Lord first thing, right as I get out out of bed and get my cup of coffee, it's almost like I don't have as many to-do lists going through my mind because the, our home would be quiet and still and calm. And so that helped me compared to later in the day. That's good. I, I know one of the things I've been trying lately on my phone, there's the new um, focus button that you can push and it actually takes away. You can't even hear any notifications or anything. And so I've been using that so that I don't even look at my phone. I'm trying to do my devotions before I ever even look at my phone in the morning. And it's amazing how less it's less distracting. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm hearing you say that's a really good thing to do to remove all the distractions that you can. And to start in the in the first of the day, I heard a, a pastor say, if you don't plug in first thing in the morning, you won't have any power all day long. And I yeah. think if you wait till night, not that you can't study at night, but if you don't spend any time with the Lord early in the day, you kind of go all day without the power. Exactly. And getting filled up with the Lord and, and His Word and all of that hope and wisdom at our disposal that makes us ready to meet the day. Because as soon as you get up from that chair or that couch, man, life is going to start taking from you, whether it's people or phone calls or work. And so you want to get in and get armored up before the devil has any opportunity with his little attacks. That's a great word. I'll I'll say something else um, that may be helpful too. You may want to try something for 21 days. I I think you can form a habit. It's just going to have to become a habit for people. And I know I've been having a devotional time since I was in the seventh grade. And so that's when I started. But you have to make it a habit and a priority. And for most people that it's not a habit, if you can give it about three weeks, you can get in the groove with this. Up until then, I didn't know the, the treasure at stake. And so earlier in that Psalm 63 passage, It says, your love is better than life. I couldn't say that at the time. So by me learning what more there was to salvation, my faith in Jesus Christ, that became my motivation. I want that habit more than ever because I want the prize. I want that intimacy. Right. You know, I can say that as well. My testimony is that when I spend time with the Lord, I'm different. It just brings this peace and this calm and this joy that I don't have as much of when I skip filling up. I go through the day empty, and there's just, I can't always explain it, Gretchen, but when I open the Word and I spend time in prayer and I spend time alone with the Lord, I am different. And I guess you're saying that's for true for you as well. Yes. I think that's where the fruit of the Spirit comes from. I can remember being a young mom, and because I used to struggle with perfectionism, 
I wanted to be the perfect mom. <laughs> and so I had such high expectations of myself. I wanted to be this gentle, uh, patient, kind, loving, joyful mom. And having three kids in three years, I tell you, it left me cranky and <laughs> impatient. And so one of the things that I began to, to really strive for was the fruit of the spirit. And you want to know what? That was idolatry. Jesus convicted me. I can't go directly after the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is a byproduct of me following hard after Christ himself. And so that's when I began to shift from trying to be perfect and being all holy just for my own self-satisfaction, and instead started pursuing and following hard after God himself, then that's when I began to experience the fruit of the Spirit. And to me, that's what you described. You reap the fruit of the Spirit. I think you're exactly right. It seems like the more that we pursue Christ, and when he's our ultimate pursuit, all the rest follows. It's Matthew 6, 33. You seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added. Exactly. Totally. Well, tell me, what do you think is the greatest uh, and sweetest, and we may have covered this, but just in your own words and simple terms, why do you encourage people to follow hard after God? What to you has been the sweetest part of it all? The intimacy with the Lord. I mean, He is the treasure of a lifetime, and I had no idea what a, a relationship down here, I mean, I think depending upon where you're raised or what you've been taught, you think that faith is all about eternity and salvation, but God saves us also for the abundant life here. And Jesus tells us in John uh, 10, 10, that he came to give us abundant life. And to me, the abundant life is that rich fellowship, that abiding in Christ, because I'm telling you, there is nothing more satisfying than your own personal relationship with the Lord. A spouse can't compare to it. Your children can't compare to it. And shockingly enough, because I'm a new grandmother, I can actually say that even your grandchildren cannot compare to your own thriving, personal, sweet intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, girl. You said it well. <laughs> well, listen, Gretchen, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they reach you? What, what is the best way for them to contact you? They can find me at GretchenFleming.com, and that's Fleming with one M. They can uh, look to that to follow me, to receive, sign up for my emails. They can, if they have a request for a speaker, I'm a speaker, and they can uh, contact me through that website and uh, look at any resources I have, like my book or podcasts or even other uh, publications I'm a part of. Wonderful. And I believe these things that we've talked about today, you also have a free printable that they can get on your website. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. And so when they sign up to be a new subscriber, they'll get the 10 ways that I think are involved in following hard after God. That's good. And this is so good. So y'all need to find GretchenFleming.com and sign up for these 10 ways and just get on her email list so you'll get more good things coming from her. As we close, um, at Women Living Courageously, we like to say we are ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. And so I want to ask you how you feel like you're ordinary. Like, for example, 
I'm ordinary because I like to watch those sappy Hallmark movies with happy endings. <laughs> and uh, my family makes fun of me because I like corny movies that are happy. And so what about you? What's something you do that other women would say, oh, I do that? Um, I guess what comes to mind are just even my everyday struggles. You know, I'm I'm a sinner at heart. I'm hopeless and helpless apart from Christ. I'm rebellious. I'm a people pleaser. I'm over-responsible. I'm a control freak. I'm a worrier as a mom. Um, I've been wounded a lot of my life and I'm just sort of captive to dysfunctional patterns. So I think that I'm an ordinary woman with what I struggle with and the way I'm wired. Yeah, I think you just hit every person that's listening. I think I think you got them all. All right, well, on the positive side of that, what is extraordinary about God to you? I think I'm an ordinary woman with an extraordinary relationship with God. And through Christ, I am none of those things that I mentioned earlier any longer. I live with freedom, joy, peace, uh, contentment, courage, boldness, truth that grounds me, strength. And that's how the God has worked extraordinarily in my life. And I am not what I was. And I am more than I ever thought possible. I'm thrilled with Jesus. I'm overflowing in the abundant life that he came to give us. Amen. Amen. And, and you've really encouraged us, I feel like today, Gretchen, just to want more of him and to love Jesus more. You've, you've encouraged my heart in that way, and I believe you've encouraged those that are listening in the same way. Well, I'm so grateful. Absolutely. Thank you for your testimony, and thank you for your honesty. I appreciate you. Um, as we close, I want to remind you of three things. First, be sure to go to GretchenFleming.com and look around and get to know this amazing lady and her ministry. Second, if you were encouraged today, please leave us a review. These reviews help so much. Just find the three dots or the stars and click, and there should be a way to share a review. And last, would you tell someone about this ministry? We are just getting started. Let a friend, a relative, or coworker know about the podcast. Share the podcast on your Facebook page or your stories. And if you do, please tag me or tag Women Living Courageously, and I will reshare your post or your story. And so thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We are so glad you joined us today and so blessed that Gretchen did as well. Remember, we are ordinary women, but we serve an extraordinary God and he is crazy about you. <laughs>